When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. Go behind the wheel, under the hood, and beyond with Car Stuff from HowStuffWorks.com. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Car Stuff. I'm Scott Ben. And I am Ben Boland. Ben, we've got an unusual topic today, one that uh, is a uh, little bit high-tech, a little bit um, futuristic, a little bit uh, driverless cars, maybe. Oh. Yeah, oh. This, is, uh, this is maybe what you could say. It's, it's I guess it's another step towards driverless cars of the future. Or Skynet. <laughs> maybe, Ben. Yeah, maybe. Uh, take it to the yeah. extreme. Sure. Okay, so we've all been in traffic. It doesn't matter who you are or how important you or someone else might think you are. Uh, even royalty will have to stop for traffic in mm. some circumstances. Sometimes, unless they got the uh, the presidential escort through. Well, the, not like town. the top of the top royalty. Understood. I mean, I mean, like, okay, if you're the president or a queen of something, you're probably not stopping in traffic. If you're a senator. You still are stopping in traffic. Exactly right. Yeah, exactly right. So traffic is just kind of one of those uh, those frustrations that everybody has to deal with. Really. Yeah, it's a it's the great unifier the, the of daily American grind, life. The daily grind. So uh, you know you have to. This the system is pretty simple in most places. It's uh, red light stop, yellow light caution, green light go. Right. That's pretty simple. No, we're not going to get too far into the actual traffic system of a city because that is a rabbit hole my friends and it does not end definitely it gets a little complex but what we will do is um what we will do is shed some light on uh on an interesting thing that a car company is cooking up scott before we do do you have any stretches of road on your commute where you know that if you catch one light then you'll be able to go all green for another stretch? I have none, but I do recall these in the past. Yeah. And uh, you're talking about a uh, timed light system. Right. And a lot of times people will say, well, it's a, either a synchronized light or a coordinated light or, um, this is my favorite term, cascading lights, which is uh, which is really what you want is a cascading light. Right, yeah. Because, and we'll talk about cascading in a minute, but that's where you can drive from, you know, all the way down the stretch of road. If you go at, uh, let's say, 35 miles per hour, right. and whatever you catch the speed that limit is. first green light. Mm-hmm. Right as it's going red, 
then you can right cascade. Going green. Oh, right, right, yeah. Right as it's going green, then you can cascade through the entire stretch. Exactly. You may be able to drive a mile, two miles, five miles, whatever it is, if you have no traffic in the way, if there's right. you know, nothing that jumps out in your path or you know causes you to alter that speed Some in any way. On a Vespa. Exactly. But there's a company that's working on a system that will allow you to determine when that next light is going to turn green or if it's going to turn red or you know what's going to happen exactly. And it will tell you what speed you need to go to achieve that. So you'll be able to keep one continuous motion all the way through the street, even if it's not, you know, something that's, you know, quickly apparent to you. If you've never driven on that street before, you'll be able to to determine or the car will be able to determine what speed you need to go to make that next green light. Shall we let the cat out of the bag? Let's do it. All right. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Audi, specifically Project Traffic Light Online. And I doubt that comes as much of a surprise to people because Audi does so much with uh, with these um, Audi Connect vehicles because this is yeah. an extension of the Audi Connect online system, and it's it's part of the, the whole thing. It's like another additional uh, bit of software that they've added to the whole package. Yeah, Audi is doing their best to make sure that you don't have to drive. <laughs> That's quite a slogan. Yeah, hey, uh, I'm, I'm pitching it. Yeah. No, I, I'm being a little tongue-in-cheek, but it is what you're saying is true. They are working on quite a few sort of predictive things. Yeah, and we talked not too long ago about the 2013 Consumer Electronics Show in Vegas, and that's where they had the A6 Avant that was able to um, drive in heavy traffic at about 37 miles per hour, right? which is pretty impressive because it uses things like um, – you know, ultrasonic sensors and radar and video cameras in order to maintain, you know, uh, tra- you just let it go. You just let it let it drive and it does it in heavy Las Vegas traffic is where it was doing this. And the other thing that they had at that same show was that Audi RS7 Sportback concept, which was the one that was able to remotely park itself in that garage. And that was so impressive. To that watch. is really cool. I love watching the video. I mean, it's a, it's an interesting thing. It's just the concept vehicle. And I know that, you know, they they rigged it up for that one demonstration. Right. They have to have the infrastructure in the parking lot. But whatever, dude, that is amazing. I, I love the idea of being able to have it drop you off at the front of the mall or wherever you're at, mm-hmm. push a button, it goes and parks itself, and then you come back out, push the button, and your car will eventually just drive around and pick you up. Here's what I was thinking. This is a little bit strange. Um, so we're close to a couple of quote unquote fancy malls, fancy shopping yeah, destinations. I think everybody knows what that means. They're, they're very, very uh, high end malls. Yeah. Well, they're not. They're not as fancy as they wish they were. But the point point I'm making <laughs> you sound is bitter. Uh, I'm just not as impressed <laughs> as they wish I was. Me too. Uh, but the 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 thing that I immediately thought of was the uh, crowded holiday shopping season yeah. when there are always uh, more cars than there are parking spaces. It's completely insane. So just imagine, if you will, cars just circling the block over and over while someone's Christmas shopping or, you know, uh, shopping for the New Year's party. And the thing is, I guess that could happen, right? I mean, if there's no spots available, the car will just continue to search for a spot and keep driving. Just like a, a... some sort of autonomous boomerang. That is so weird, I guess, to think about that. You know, it would just circle and circle until until you're ready to come back. Now, we yeah. we do have kind of an inside line on this one because we've uh, we've got an article on our site, and the site the article is called "Can Your Car Tell You When the Light's About to Change?" And that's a pretty simple way to put it. This whole thing, but yeah, uh, the part of the uh, the the uh, the main information in this article comes from a an Audi electronics engineer. His name is Michael Zweck, and our our uh, author who was, I think it was uh, Kristen Hall Geisler who wrote this one. Yeah. Very great article. Very funny as well. 
Um, she interviewed Mr. Zweck, uh, via email and found out a lot of different, a lot of different things about this, uh, this system that you may not get from, you know, some of the other articles that you'll read on like popular science and, right. you know, wired or wherever this thing pops up here and there. So, so we've got some quotes along the way. Um, but I guess we should start out by saying that, you know, the system itself, you know, it will tell you when a green light will turn red. It will also tell you when a red light is about to turn green. And it will start your, your engine up at the correct time. Which is so cool. This is a, you know, so if you have a, um, you know, one of the start stop technology vehicles, like, you know, whether, whether it's an Audi, whether it's a BMW, whatever it happens to be, we're talking right. about Audi in this case. Yeah. If you have a start stop vehicle, um, I, I think that, you know, the, the, uh, the people that have driven one of these understand a little bit of frustration because I know a BMW owner that just hates that system, <laughs> wishes his car never had it, but you know, that's the only way to get that vehicle. And he disables it every single time he gets in the car. That's the first thing he does is push the button to disable that start stop thing because he doesn't like it. Doesn't like, <laughs> doesn't like the feel of it. Right. Well, in this case, your car is communicating with, with a signal that we'll talk about in a second, which is a fascinating thing, by the way. It was just a little tidbit in here, but we're going to expand on that. Yeah. Um, the, this, this traffic signal that your car is communicating with will tell it when the, when the light is about to turn green and it will start your vehicle about, you know, three, five seconds early. Right. And that way you don't have to deal with that little bit of lag when you push the, the accelerator and the car isn't yet running, but then starts to run and then takes off. You won't have to deal with that frustration. Okay. You and I, Scott, have a bit of a habit of teasing one more thing or the very last thing at the end. And I think we, I like to think that we deliver most of the time, uh, but sometimes we bury the lead. So let's just jump right into it. If you're okay with it, tell me some more about this signal. Oh, well, this is a, this is something that you, May just pick up from the article. It's like just one little line just in there. Just a little, little it, name drop. It, Can it, I read it? Yeah, sure. Oh, wait for the, uh, wait for the end of this sentence, you guys. Audi is working on Project Traffic Light Online, which uses the Audi Connect online system to read the signals from a city's central traffic computer. Central traffic computer. Did you all hear that? That's amazing, right? That's a real thing. It is. And, you know, I think of traffic uh, signals being controlled by, you know, the metal box that's at the intersection right sure. next to the or signal. The, the weight plates. Yeah, that's that's an old one, Ben. That's, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, there's there's so many different things that, um, you know, you don't think about. You don't think about all of a city's traffic being controlled by one central location and, yep. and knowing everything that goes on all the time. Well, Audi is taking that information, and we'll talk about – We'll talk about the uh, the coordinated systems in just a little while because I do right. want to get to – there's some interesting traffic light stuff that we want to talk about without going into traffic light operations specifically, mm-hmm. but more about the signals and the timing and everything. But um, Audi is going to tap into these uh, these signals that are just kind of broadcast. They're out there. It's not available to everybody. It's not information that everybody can just gather and use, but Audi had to request special permissions to be able to access that signal – that is controlling a lot of these, uh, a lot of these major cities. You know, they have thousands of, of signals. I mean, literally tens of thousands in some cases. Because as you can imagine, this is a huge con- security concern. Huge security. Because if someone was tampering with, with traffic lights, that would be an issue. But Audi is just using the, they're not, they're not tampering with anything. They're just using the information to guide their software, guide their vehicles. Right. Yeah. They're, uh, if anything, it's, a monitoring capacity. That's what they're looking for. Exactly. They're monitoring. They're not controlling. So, uh, 
So we'll we'll explore some more of this, but this part, the idea of a central traffic computer, yeah. is its own podcast waiting to happen. It definitely is. Yeah. And we're gonna we're gonna do that in the future. We do want to tell you um, one of the first things we should say whenever you hear whenever you hear about autonomous technology or anything like that. One of the things that constantly crops up in my mind, at least, is the concern that it might be vaporware. Yeah. And we know that in this case, it probably isn't because uh, they have a test car driving around Vegas right now. That's right. If you are in the Las Vegas area, whomever is skirting through all those stoplights just the right time has an edge on you, my friend. Uh, it's not just Vegas either. There, there are test vehicles in Berlin, Germany mm-hmm. and Verona, Italy as well right now. And uh, I guess, you know. We'll get we'll get to uh, you know the release dates at the end of this whole thing. Sure, um, but but there's test vehicles in different cities all around the world right now. Just just a handful, not not many of them. But okay. they they choose Las Vegas here in the United States for a good reason because there's that crowded strip area, uh-huh. and that really poses a lot of challenges to to vehicle testers. Is they they've got autonomous vehicles that they've been testing there for a while. You know that the, with the, the Google cars and yeah. Um, Trying to think who else is doing them. I can't remember right now, but, uh, they, they also tested the, uh, the A6 Avant there, you know, mm-hmm. when they did the, uh, the self-driving thing in traffic. And now they're testing this there, which is, uh, you know, the, reading the signal. So apparently they have a, a central traffic computer or a central traffic, uh, monitoring system that they use in Las Vegas as well. New yeah. York is another big one. I think Australia was another one that has a lot of these. Toronto was one that uses, um, a lot of these, uh, um, a lot of their intersections are controlled via one computer, one mm-hmm. system, and there are fail-safe safe built in that we'll talk about too. But um, we, we've kind of jumped around here, but I want to talk tell you about you know why this may be valuable. Yeah. Oh, and for the record, Atlanta's uh, traffic system does have a central control. It is a drunken, sporadic hamster <laughs> on an, a wheel that used to be like a hamster wheel that used to be in pretty good condition, but it's rough. It's so. pretty rusty now. Yeah, it's rusty. It's it's off kilter. <laughs> and I think anybody who's driven through Atlanta will will understand what that means. When it's, that uh, hamster is mad. Oh, it's tough news. I interrupted it's, you. It's difficult. No, it's all right. So we we talked about you know just some of the basic operation of this thing just a little bit, and uh, and we might want to talk about why some of these things are valuable. How about that? Yes, but before we do, Scott, I need some advice from you if you've got oh, time. Yeah, of course. I've always got time for advice. Well, yeah, you've got your finger on the pulse, people. People do say that. You know? Everybody does say that. They yeah. do. They do. Um, you know, you're the one who uh, told me that Apple was going to be big back in the 80s. Um, and you did invest, right? I, okay, I invested in an orchard, but that was my fault. <laughs> so, uh, miscommunication. Right. You also told me about dubstep. Yeah. And, yeah. Oh, uh, well, that was huge. Yeah, the Mars huge. mission. I yeah. hope you invested in that, too. Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. All right, and speaking of a good deal... Uh, let's talk about some of the advantages of this uh, yeah. this predictive traffic light yeah. system. Yeah. There's reasons that this thing would be valuable to you to be able to use something like this. Now, we talked already about, um, you know, just, just ease of driving through traffic, I guess. You know, you'll be able to uh, determine when that next light is going to come up, and it'll tell you, you know, if you maintain 37 and a half miles an hour, you'll be able to make the next green light. And then it'll tell you the next one. It'll say, like, well, if you speed it up a little bit to 42, you'll be able to make the next one. If you back it down to 27, you'll make the next one. You know, so it, it tells you exactly when you'll be able to get to that next You're green light. You're always cruising at the perfect speed. Exactly right. And you don't have to – There's it takes all the guesswork out of this thing. Now, also, I guess one of the biggest reasons is that, you know, aside from time, this will also help you save fuel. And if you maintain a set speed, you know, you're not stopping the vehicle and then having to start that vehicle up again – that's going to cause, you know, cost you to use extra fuel. Right. So, you know, being able to maintain a speed, whether it's 35 or 65 or, you know, even if it's 25, whatever it is, you're going to save fuel over having to come to a dead stop and then start the vehicle back up again and drive away. And, you know, again, repeating the next operation one block down the road. Which might not sound like a big deal at first, but this adds up. Block by block. Exactly. And it's very smooth in the way that this whole thing operates because that Michael Zweck, uh, told our writer that, you know, the Audi, and I'll quote him here, the Audi system recommends an optimal speed with reason, within reasonable limits. So, you know, they won't tell you to go, you know, 70 in a 35 zone in order to catch the next light. They'll, right. they'll tell you, you know, <laughs> you're not going to make the next one or whatever, but, or back it down. But it says within reasonable limits to reach a green light. Uh, this avoids unnecessary starts and stops and speeding and improves fuel efficiency. So, in other words, the system will tell you that if you if you maintain a certain speed, you're going to be able to make that next green. But also, it will tell you that you know if if you are approaching something and there's just no way you're going to make it, it will also kind of warn you and say, back it down a little bit. You're just not going to make the next one. So be prepared. Right. Be prepared to stop. Be ready to get on the brakes. And that and I know it sounds funny, Ben, but you know just knowing that it's going to prevent. Emergency stopping. It's going to prevent you right. from, from stopping, you know, slamming on the brakes at the last second when you decide you can't make it through Maybe the yellow. causing a pileup. Exactly. And then there's one other advantage that we want to talk about as well, right? Ah, uh, yes. It's, uh, it's a practical advantage that might not occur to a lot of people. Cause let's face it, if you're stuck in traffic, 
you're likely going to become a slightly more selfish person. You know, you're not so worried about what's going on in, in the life of the person who's trying to get into the next lane. I would say not. Yeah. And I'm not saying anybody's a bad guy. I'm just saying that happens. Uh, but with this system, if it works, the second big advantage is that it will smooth out traffic flow overall. So, uh, Everybody will benefit a little bit from more people having the system. And there's a surprised stat attached to this that I think a lot of people won't really be able to comprehend at first, but you'll have to think about this after, after what you'll see it as like a pacing thing that happens. Ah, uh, yeah, okay. Um, now it's easy enough to visualize that if, you know, there are fewer, you know, fewer red lights that you're stopping at, it's going to result in fewer accidents, right? Yeah, I mean, fewer uh, kissing I guess, bumpers. I guess chances for accidents. You know, if you're if you're starting and stopping all the time, you know, the person behind you is not paying attention. They bump into you. You bump into them. Whatever that happens to you know, the case it happens to be, but you got to think about what everybody else is on the on the road is doing as well. And if you normally do rather, but yeah. if you're maintaining the speed, you're becoming almost like um and. I don't like it when, you know, the trucks try to pace vehicles in traffic. I don't, I don't like it when they do the big semis do. Yeah. It works, but I just, I'm not a fan of it. But this is kind of the same way in that if somebody is, is knowing what, the, what the lights are going to do, they're able to pace, you know, everybody in an Audi that has this system is going to be able to say like, well, yeah, if I go 37 miles per hour, I'm going to be able to make the next light. And so will the people behind me. And it becomes kind of this beneficial system for everybody. Right. And it's kind of a, a rosy way to look at this whole thing. You know, people will probably get upset with somebody who's going 37 and a 50 and yeah. go around them and they're going to get stuck at the next light and that'll cause a backup. And, you know, that may happen, but there's surprisingly few, it, it takes surprisingly few people with the system in order to make it really work. Right. Uh, can I, uh, could I do the honors here? With of this? course. Yeah. Okay. So this comes from our engineer source here, uh, Sweck says, research suggests that improved traffic flow can be measured when 5 to 10% of all vehicles are equipped with this technology. 5 to 10%, that's all it takes. So, you, I mean, 10 vehicles out of 100 on the road can make a big difference in the way the traffic flows if they know what's going to happen at the next light. Now, that's a, that's a pretty good stat, really. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's that's amazing. You would think that it would take 100%, you know, the people to have this. And right, or like 50 or something. That's just not possible. I mean, how many people are really going to buy a brand-new Audi this year and have this thing work and, you know, um, be able to maintain traffic and, ah. and instantly ease traffic flow? Not going to happen. But as it trickles into to the, uh, the consciousness of people that they say, yeah, I want that option on my vehicle – and, you know, more and more show up on the roads and more and more people are doing this and it becomes this, uh, this kind of self-pacing thing that they do. Sure. Yeah. It's going to, it's going to pay off. Well, what I like is that our author here takes this and extrapolates to a larger picture. Mm-hmm. So she says in 2013, there were nearly 250 million cars on the road, which means that 12.5 million cars at a minimum would have to be talking to traffic signals. Yeah. So that gives us a, that gives us a, a look at the extent of this. But if it's okay with you, Scott, I've got some pros and cons. Okay. Real quick. Sure. Just, all right. So the pros are pretty apparent. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry I misled you. What I should have said was I've got some cons. All right. Got it. Uh, so this, this concept of 12 million car, 12.5 million cars at a minimum is a little bit of a pie in the sky or arbitrary number because there are some enormous challenges for this traffic light system to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first and number one challenge here is that there is no standard 
measure of the data from these traffic computers. Yeah, you're right. They said that uh, that's one of the major, major hurdles is that every system is a little bit different. So there's you right. can't go from city to city and have it operate exactly the same way. And that's why they're testing in Las Vegas and they're testing in, in Berlin, Berlin and they're testing in Verona because they have the system that right now matches up or they know the they know the way the data is being transmitted. Yeah, here's another less rosy quote from our engineer Michael Zwett. He says for a nationwide rollout, we will have to contact more than 500 independent agencies. Independent agencies that are running Central traffic computers for cities. Yeah, and the Audi system, of course, is proprietary, which means that if more people, more companies uh, pick this up, unless they find an industry standard, Mm -hmm. then we're going to have dozens of different car systems trying to find out a way to talk to hundreds of different traffic systems. Oh, boy. This is like, it seems like the Apple Android thing yeah. in much bigger scale, doesn't it? I mean, there's more to it than that, I know. That's a simplified way of looking at it. But, but it's already a pile of spaghetti. It, it really does seem like it could be difficult for this whole thing to happen now. I do, I guess maybe we can just say that, you know, right now, um, they're not necessarily looking at it happening anytime soon. Because, you know, when we talked about the driving cars that were shown at CES and the self-parking cars, they were saying 10 years is probably a, a realistic estimate for when that was going to come out, right? Spectrum One is a big deal. You get Spectrum Internet with the most reliable Internet speeds, free advanced Wi-Fi for enhanced security and privacy, and a free Spectrum Mobile Unlimited line with nationwide 5G included, all while saving big. For the big speed, big reliability, and big savings you want, get Spectrum One. Just $49.99 a month for 12 months. Visit Spectrum.com slash big deal for full details. Offer subject to change. Valid for qualified residential customers only. Service not available in all areas. Restrictions apply. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. If you use paper, you're a human. But if you choose paper, you're a papertarian. Someone who lives a paper-based lifestyle because it has a positive impact on the planet. And also because it's the easiest choice you'll make all day. Seriously. It's as easy as reaching for boxed instead of bottled water. It's as easy as opting for beauty products that come in paper packaging. It's as easy as grabbing eggs in a cardboard container. And that's all in one trip to the grocery store, which, if we're being honest, you were planning to go to anyway. But paper isn't just an easy choice. Papertarians know that it's the smart choice, too. Because paper comes from trees, a renewable and sustainably managed resource. And paper products are designed to be recycled. In fact, when you choose products that come in paper-based packaging, those fibers can go on to be recycled up to seven times. So why wouldn't you go Papertarian? I'll wait. Learn more at howlifeunfolds.com slash papertarian. And that's a really good point because, um, you know, of course, these engineers are aware of the the hurdles that it might face, and that's yeah. just part of the testing process. Yeah, but for this system, for this traffic system, and even though it's piggybacking on top of those uh, those other systems, and they say they're they're developed independently, but they do use the uh, oh, what was it called, the Audi Online or Audi Connect Online system. Right. So they're they're using the same 
base program, I guess. I don't know if there's a better way to say same that. Like platform. But, yeah, same platform. That's probably the best way to say it. But they do want to say that, you know, it's, it's something that they're thinking about launching in the United States and, you know, it's, it's under intense analysis as they say right now. But the system is, uh, is not quite ready. I mean, they're saying could be production ready, maybe couldn't be, is not production ready. You gotta hedge your bets. Yeah, you gotta hedge your bets, but, uh, you know, it still has to, you know, go through government approvals and there's really no release date as of right now for the Audi traffic system. No release date yet, which is probably smart because, you know, a lot of times people get punished when they say, when they commit to a release date and then they have to put it off. Yeah, you know? it just keeps getting pushed and pushed. And like the leaf or something. It looks bad. It definitely it, looks it bad. It looks bad. But um, on the way, from what I understand in our research here, you and I discovered that traffic lights have some fascinating things going on. They do. And, you know, there's a lot more to it than I'm going to mention here because I'm just going to quickly go through some things that I found interesting that are that are valuable to this conversation in particular. Right. And consider these teasers for our upcoming traffic light episode. I, I think that's probably a good way to look at it because um, it, there's just no way to go into in-depth. And I know it sounds like a simple a simple mechanical device, but it's really not. I mean, totally they're, not. They're, and also, I'm... Uh, I'm I'm keeping all of my traffic light research secret until we do the episode. <laughs> Very good. All right. All right. So just a couple of quick things I found out about coordinated control systems. Now, there's actually two different types. Now, I mentioned coordinated, but there's also synchronized signals. Now, synchronized signals are the ones that change all at the exact same time, and that's really no good. That's not what you want because then you got to shoot straight down that street in order to right. make every light by the end of one signal, really, one signal yeah. Uh, duration. You want a coordinated system which controls them from a master controller, like we we talked about, and it cascades those lights. So it's like, you know, as you're sitting at the at the red light and it changes green, as you drive away, the next light will change green right in front of you, and the next one will change green right in front of that one, yep. and so on, and you'll be able to progress down the street it's that way. So you, you want a coordinated system that that cascades this uh, this way. Um, so in modern coordinated signals, I mean, or coordinated systems, I guess, it's possible for you to drive long distances without encountering even one single red light if you hit it just exactly right. Right. And a lot of people plan these in their, their hometown. They know how to do that. You know, they know, they know the streets well, I guess. Um, let's see. The next thing, and this is going to make some people mad, I think. Go for it. I found that, um, there are some traffic signals that are intentionally coordinated to prevent drivers from encountering a long string of green lights. It's so true. Now, this is frustrating because... It's not a conspiracy. People are sitting in their car and they're like, I know that that shouldn't be turning green right then. Why is it doing that? Or or turning red, rather. Why are they stopping me? Well, the practice is to discourage high volumes of traffic by inducing delay, yet preventing congestion. So this is so frustrating if you're on the wrong side of this. Right, but it's part of the balance game. It's like the, the, um, you know, in like Lion King, there's the circle of life. (laughs) It's like the circle of traffic lights. I guess. I mean, in a coordinated system, I mean, speed is self-regulated. So, you know, you you determine what speed you're going to go. You know that, you know, you're either driving too quickly or too slowly. Right. And you'll be able to kind of self-adjust it and be able to make it through all the lights like we talked about. But in a synchronized system, drivers often use excessive speed in order to make lights. And that's when the problems come out. So, so, you know, the synchronized ones we talked about, they all change at once. That's when you get the speeding. That's when you get the uh, the issues with like trying to beat the red or beat the beat the yellow. Right. That's I guess. when you get that's when you get the the wrecks, which must happen several times a day in our city alone, mm-hmm. where somebody is trying to make a left hand turn, so they lead out, mm-hmm. and they're in the middle of the intersection. It goes yellow, and they're going to turn, but then somebody else said, "Oh, the light's going yellow. Oh, see, so let me just barrel through it." See, now I'm not even going to get into this, but you're talking about lighting phases now, and each intersection yeah. I found can have something like up to eight phases, 
and they can each be independently yep. run, and they're different rings of phases. And there are things that influence those phases, not just at that intersection, but yeah. a preceding and successive intersections. I, I know, and for us to get into this right now would be difficult. So oh, where a pedestrian pushes a, the walk button? <laughs> That's another thing, yeah. Which sometimes, uh, now I've heard people argue that those are placebo devices. However, that is not the case. That's right. You know, those actually do operate some, you know, they, they, they send a signal at that intersection. So, all right, again, that's way too in-depth okay, for us well, right well, now. One last thing, though. Okay. All right, so if you are walking down the street and you're feeling just a little bit rambunctious, it will work if you push the pedestrian button and it, w- it will stop traffic. So I, I did it a couple times to test for science. Mm-hmm. I just walk down the street and push the pedestrian button at every intersection. All in the name of science. All in the name of science, yeah. And uh, here's the thing, Scott. By the time I got about six blocks up, traffic was getting weird. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you little, you little hooligan, you. A bit. Yeah, yeah. All right, so let me uh, let me wrap this up with this here. Now, we talked about more sophisticated methods, like, you know, the uh, the central traffic control systems. Right. Can control computers. And I guess these are able to control, as you'll find out in our upcoming podcast, that, you know, they'll control lights across an entire city, which is really remarkable because you can talk be talking about literally thousands of intersections that are being controlled by one major system. Now, in New York, I think it's something like, you know, they have something like 12,460 intersections that, that have signals at them. Wow. 12,460. Now, 7,660 of them are controlled by one central compo- control computer. So that gives you an idea of just how far-reaching these systems can be. They can they can control literally thousands up to, you know, 10,000 or more. It just depends on how, you know, how quickly they get them online. And the other problem behind this is uh the cost. Now, the cost to do ah, just just one just one intersection, Ben. This is amazing. An intersection can use dozens of sensors because, you know, it has to monitor so many different things. It can cost hundreds of thousands of dollars per intersection. What? Uh, but, but the, the benefit is that it finally, you know, like real finely controls or fine tunes the control of that intersection in coordination with the intersection before it, the intersection after it, the intersection next to it. And it, and it becomes this enormous system that really does work together very well. It's just a matter of getting all of them online and being able to afford, again, hundreds of thousands of dollars per intersection. And when you're talking about a city like New York with 12,000 plus. Yeah, 12,500 at, at several hundred thousand each. Yeah. That's an awful lot of money. And, and, you know, they're, they're getting there. They're, they're slowly working towards that. But, um, man, that's a lot of money. And, and we mentioned, you know, Toronto was another one that's big into this and, right. and all over Australia and Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide. They've all got different systems. You know, of course, over in, in Australia, they use, uh, I think it's something called um, the Sydney Coordinated Adaptive Traffic System, or SCATS. And then they also have another one in Adelaide that they call Adelaide Coordinated Traffic Signals, or ACTS system. So uh, different systems all over the place. And again, what we're talking about here with Audi is they're trying to get one one method of, of data being sent out to everybody so that they can interpret that in their vehicles and then be able to use that to be able to make the, I guess, the commute a lot better for a lot of drivers. One computer to rule them all. Yeah, huh? yeah. and hopefully all this will work out. You know, they'll be able to get permissions from all these different independent agencies. Oh, yeah. And somehow standardize all these systems. But, you know, I'm I'm all for this. I think this is pretty cool. Yeah, I think this is good. I would like to see this happen. Uh, and... I, 
we'll definitely see something like this. I don't know if it'll be exactly this. And they're doing it in a way, if you're worried about it becoming like a game, you know, like trying to, trying to beat it to the next light or whatever, <laughs> right. it's not that way because no. the way that they, the way that they've set this up is that, you know, it's, it's got its limits. It will tell you more than likely it'll tell you to slow down to make the next light instead of speed up if it's not going above the speed limit. Mm-hmm. So, uh, or if it does go above the speed limit rather. So, um, you know, I, they're doing it within bounds, within reasonable bounds, and I think that this is something that's pretty cool. Yeah, and uh, eventually it'll just drive for you. And well, I don't like that, but I do. I do like knowing when the next light's going to turn green or red. That's a, that's a, a great heads up. Uh, Scott, are you sure you don't want to like hop in your car on the way home, take your shoes off, kick your feet up, read a little uh, true crime? I absolutely do not. Do not want to do that. I mean, I know traffic's frustrating, but I will take that over, you know, a car driving me somewhere any day. Speaking of autonomous cars, you want to close out with some listener mail? Sure. So Scott, Jason from Fort Worth, Texas, writes to us to say, longtime listener, first-time question asker, has anyone thought about what would happen if you are riding in a Google car and you pass out or die? Tried to Google this type of question with no results. Thought about emailing you guys. Please write back. If you pass out or die in a Google car when it's in route somewhere. Yeah, like the Google autonomous vehicle. I guess it would just, you would arrive at your destination in whatever condition you're in, right? Either passed out or dead. Well, is that right? That would be right. That's unless they install some additional monitoring software to monitor the um, biometric information of the person or people in the vehicle. I wonder if he's thinking if it would just continually drive around the country with uh, with a dead body in it. Uh, I think it's got to be point by point. Yeah, because so, yeah, when you get in the vehicle, you program it to go somewhere. You want to say right. you say I want to go to uh, you know the Northland Mall or whatever wherever you're headed to. Right, there'll be presets, so you'll hop in and say home work. Yeah, so it would. Boy, this is creepy, Ben. It would deliver. Yeah. It would deliver your body home. Is what it would do. Or to work, or wherever it would go. Now you may, you know, it may park itself eventually, and you'd be sitting in a parked car, either dead or passed out. Right, which would be awful. Yeah, but I don't think that it would be just driving around town with with bodies in it. It wouldn't become like a a ghost ship. Man, it creep. Oh, that's a creepy thought. It man. wouldn't be. It wouldn't become a four wheel flying Dutchman. Yeah. Oh, if that's man. the question. Yeah, that's interesting. Although though. that's a good idea for a story. That's a pretty interesting thought, though. Like, how how awful would that be if something were to happen to you? I mean, let's just take a a, a better. You pass out. Okay. Okay. You pass sure. out for whatever reason. You, right. You're not eating well or whatever. Or yeah, no. yeah, yeah. And you pass out and. You arrive at home one evening, and you know your wife or kid are you know outside, and you know getting the mail from the mailbox or whatever, and you, you, the car pulls up, and you're you're slumped over the steering wheel. That would be pretty weird, wouldn't it? That's frightening. That's yeah, some would stuff be. that could traumatize a child. It really would. I mean, man. Well, here's another. Here's something that's interesting. So, I looked into this a little bit too, Jason, and there's not too much solid evidence. By solid, I mean confirmed by either a government agency or a regulatory commission or Google. Uh, there's not much solid evidence about what they're going to do, but there are some reasonable assumptions we can make. First, we know that um, if we look at video game co- consoles, which is weird, but go with me, uh, the ability for the console itself to monitor what a player is doing uh, is is already pretty well documented. So uh, having something like that in there is probably going to be a safety measure required by insurance. And there's already driver alert systems where if your head nods down, if, they, if right. it indicates that you are nodding off to sleep, there are often alerts that are signaled. 
And I would think that, you know, in a car like a Google vehicle, yeah. that that would trigger something else. You know, an emergency situation is happening. Or, you know, if, if the alert fails to wake you, uh, you know, the next rest stop or the next gas station right. or wherever. It Contacting holds. EMTs with the address because it has GPS. Exactly, yeah. I mean, so it would probably make an attempt to rouse you, I guess. And if it wasn't possible, then, you know, maybe the, the next step is taken at that point. Which means if... Uh, if our guesstimations are correct here, Jason, that passing out or being grievously injured in a Google car might be safer than in your average car. At least you know you'll be found. Yeah, you'll <laughs> hopefully. Um, I, I just I can already see that horrible situation where someone you know gets in the car and they're they're shot or they're having a heart attack or something, and they say, "Google, please give me give me nine one one," and they say. Did you mean EMT? Oh, oh boy. Yeah, yeah, I would too. I'm sorry, Dave. I can't do that <laughs> right now. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, we, we do think there, first off, it's obvious. There have to be safety requirements for this stuff to ever get off the drawing board and into mass production. Yeah, lots of fail-safes built in. So that's, sure. a, but that's a really good question. That's I, a great question. Thanks for writing in. We appreciate that. Yeah, thank you so much. And thank you guys for listening. Uh, stay tuned for the traffic podcast that Scott, you and I are obviously pretty excited about. Uh, we hope that you enjoyed this explanation. Let us know about your traffic light theories and superstitions, because I know everybody has some. Oh, yeah, they're sure that those cameras are spying on them. Oh, man, tra- don't even get me started. You know I'm anti-traffic light <laughs> camera. And we know a little bit about those. Yeah, we know a little bit about those. We can. Uh, we have a podcast that you can check out to learn more about those in the meantime. You can also visit us on Facebook and Twitter, where we are CarStuffHSW. Check out our website. That's right, we have our very own website, CarStuffShow.com, where you can access all of our podcasts, every single one. Yeah, that's right. Blogs, podcasts, you can get to our Twitter feed there. You can check out Facebook from there if you want. We've made some videos. Yeah, there's all kinds of stuff there. It's uh, it's a totally legit site. Yeah, it's totally legit. If you want to write to us uh, with suggestions for a future episode or uh, you just don't do the Facebook thing or whatever, our email address is carstuff at discovery.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Let us know what you think. Send an email to podcast at HowStuffWorks.com. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Viking, committed to exploring the world in comfort. Journey through the heart of Europe on an elegant Viking longship with thoughtful service, cultural enrichment, and all-inclusive fairs. Discover more at Viking.com. If you're committed to living a healthier life, you might want to look into working herbs into your wellness routine. There's a reason people have trusted them for thousands of years. Nature's Way understands that nature is the ultimate problem solver, and they're constantly inspired by the power of nature. For example, their ginger root and slippery elm bark have been traditionally used for digestive support. And St. John's wort, holy basil, and ashwagandha can provide mood and stress support. 
And because Nature's Way sources from around the world and does a ton of comprehensive potency and quality testing in their state-of-the-art lab, you can be sure you're getting top-quality herbs. To learn more, visit naturesway.com.